Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Card Street Talk. This is episode 50, and today I'm joined by Weston Hamilton. You know, may know him as WH Labs, or you may know his uh, most recent product, Worry Bricks, um, a new kind of fidget skill toy. Super happy to have him on the show to talk about cardistry and uh, just everything that's going on with him. Weston, thanks. Uh, thank you for being here and, and welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much. Um, yes, I am Weston. Um, I've been running WH Labs since about 2016. Um, I've been doing cards for, well, cardistry since uh, 2015-ish. Um, I started with magic, like a lot of people do. And... Um, yeah, very, very happy to be here. So thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I was just super happy to have you here. Um, I think you've done a, a whole lot of everything when it comes to the community and just fidget and skill toys in general. One thing I would really love to hear your kind of thoughts on because of uh, WH Labs and everything that you've done over time, um, all the products you've released over time, is kind of how you decide... Um, how do you go about creating a product and deciding what's worth selling? Because you've sold soap, you've sold the glary, um, anything and everything, cardistry tutorial bundles, um, yeah. a lot of stuff. So how do you decide like what makes it to your store and when something is a good product? Right. Um, well, that's you've made a very good point there because those are two very different things. Um, just because it makes it to the store does not mean that it's a good product, as I've found. Um, but... Um, I've said before that all you can do is try, um, and the, I would say the origin of, of most of my products has just become, uh, of the hobbies that I do. And, um, I don't know if it's just, I would like to say that it's because I'm an only child and I've been very, I've always been very hell bent on, uh, keep myself occupied, I guess. So I'm kind of my, I feel like my hobby is collecting hobbies. And I feel like a lot of card people can relate to that. I think yourself included with the whole doing the production and the, the podcasting and things, you know, um, we're, we're very nerdy, nerdy people, I think, but I think that can, uh, play to our benefits sometimes. So, um, with, with the, the soap and the cologne and things, the cologne is a funny one because, um, I've still got a couple of people to this day who will send me a picture every now and again when they find their cologne, like in a drawer, you know, somewhere and they'll send it to me. And I think that one, for whatever reason, just sort of stood out just maybe because it was so out there, you know, just not related to anything that I'd done previously. In my mind, some of the things that I do are able to sort of all connect. I should admit the cologne and the soap, I should say, was those were products under a, a gentleman's brand that I was working on with a friend who no longer lives in the Springfield area. Um, and that, uh, that was Moose's Moose's general store. And I had just bought this, um, this sort of downloadable pack with a bunch of vintage graphics on it. I mean, just thousands of vintage graphics. And I thought this would be such a good asset to have if I had like a vintage brand. And I'd always sort of, I really enjoyed the, um, that sort of thematically. And there was also a, a gentleman's goods store in Springfield. Um, and that was the first time I'd ever gotten one of my products on an actual brick and mortar retail shelf was at, um, it's called just for him and it's on battlefield here in, in Springfield. So it's kind of odd that something that off the wall 
was able to garner that such of you know get that result um whereas you know i mean i've been doing cards for i mean six years and i don't really have a whole lot to show for it i don't think um i mean i've i've got moves that maybe a couple people might know i mean nothing crazy i have um i have the the swatch cards which <laughs> failed miserably once i licensed them to murphy's magic but Murphy's just got that uh, that kind of touch, I guess. <laughs> Murphy's did their thing with swatches, man. Let me tell you. Um, yeah. So that I mean, I don't know. The I think my what I'm most proud of um, in terms of what I've done with cards is doing the bundles. Um, I think the bundles are they're a really good overarching representation of what I feel like it means to be a cardist. And it just happens to work really well as a product, I think. Um, and I was, I was a little um, disappointed that Cardistry Con didn't continue that tradition of doing the the tutorial bundles because they that first one in Brooklyn they had that one that you could buy, and that's where I mean that's where Burger taught the Five Man. That's where you know that's where Oliver taught ATM. Like these are like legendary tutorials, and I just felt like there was there was a need there. Um, and so, um, in Los Angeles was when I did the first one. And the first one was, um, literally just, you know, whoever I could find that was willing to teach a move, mm -hmm. they could just teach. I didn't have any of the, you know, I didn't, I didn't really have, um, a platform then. I mean, I had my, I did have my website at that point, but I was still sore at selling the Beglary, um, at that point. So I didn't really have, any cardistry eyes looking there, if you know what I mean. So, um, but you know, once I put it on my YouTube channel, um, that's what I think my YouTube channel is. It's what it does best is cardistry tutorials. Um, even though I would love to do so many other things with it, they just every every idea that I've got for my my YouTube channel seems to fall flat if it's not something to do with tutorial related. And so. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's what kind of spurred it. And then the, the Portland bundle was the actual, the paid bundle. And that was, you know, we got 20 guys together. And I think, do you ever, have you ever watched any UFC, any fighting or any boxing or anything like that? I mean, a little bit, I wouldn't say I watch it, but. So the, the thing about watching a fight when a when a fighter retires and his opponent doesn't retire and his opponent goes on to do great things it makes that retired fighter look better because of all the things that their opponent was able to do if they if they win obviously if the retired guy you know beat him and moves on and like it might be a weird analogy but it's like having all these guys who you know i'm very very grateful to call friends in 2019 seeing how far all of them have come with all of their talents and other skills i mean linus is you know working on his Komarevi. um sprat went on to do incredible things at the um the fontaine trials um you know parker i mean there's there's we're gonna have to talk about Parker at some point because I <laughs> have a deep love for Parker Mitchell. But um, I think going back to your question, I think 
it's partly what I think is fun and what my hobby currently is, what my current interests are. And if I can assess a need for something that's where the two collide. And I think, um, I think word bricks are basically, I think they're, they're the perfect combination of the two. Um, I think there, the world doesn't need, um, another fidget toy necessarily. I don't think that's what the, the big thing is. I think what worry bricks are really are, it's something new for people to contribute to like while it's still early. It's like, it's, I, I really, I can't wrap my head around the, the hype. Cause I feel like there's, I mean, there's a genuine like hype trend going on with, with bricks right now. I mean, I couldn't believe some of the people that, you know, were to reach out to me. I'm not, I mean, my heroes for real, my absolute heroes. Um, and other people who I think, and this is, so this is something that I've experienced myself with Begler and Cardistry is that um, I've never quite been happy with, with what I've achieved creatively with cards. Um, I think a lot of people can relate to that. There are just so many good people who have so many years on you mm -hmm. and they're simultaneously like so many years younger than you even like these, these, just these children who are like, just, I mean, whipping, whipping all of us with their, their awesome moves and stuff. And it's just like, that's some days I'm just like, why bother? You know what I mean? It's like, why, why should I even make a pack of cut? But, um, when, when I was first introduced to beggary through around square, um, I was given access to something that it was like a, it, it felt like a, like a wide open pasture in terms of, you know, I mean, we're the, most of us are young men, right? I mean, we just, we want to, we want to be seen. We want to contribute something that really means something we want to have. I mean, <laughs> We want to have a, a legacy of sorts. I mean, as, as corny as that sounds as with something that's mundane as a toy, but I mean, when you think, I mean, there's, there's genuine credibility but behind people who've made contributions to, you know, to cardistry, for example. I mean, the other day, Shivraj put on his story. He had, he had collected all of the old DVDs from like, you know, Dimitri's monument or, you know, director's cut or anything like that. And mm -hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of us see that and we want that for ourselves, but it feels like, it feels like, like the world's already been conquered. You know what I mean? It's like this, it's like, what, what else left is there to achieve almost? And it feels like, at least for me, like worry bricks is a whole new world. That's it's just, it's ready for, it's ready for the taking. It's ready for somebody to come in and make a name for themselves and really contribute to a new and very exciting community. Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting too, when you say, um, you find kind of like a need for something 
um, and then kind of matching that need. I mean, that's just in general, I think it's the easiest way to come up with a product or, or anything in general. Um, I know for me, that's kind of basically exactly how the podcast got started was I wanted to listen to a car street podcast and there really wasn't that many options, if any at all. Um, so just trying to focus on that is kind of how this podcast came to be. I think it's interesting, you know, Carter street is in this weird kind of stage where there, it's been around for a good amount of time now, but it's also somewhat fresh and new, um, as an art form. So like a lot of stuff has been explored really fast early on because it's so brand new and, you know, it's, it'd be, it was super easy to find new things, but now it's becoming harder and harder to find things that are, like you said, substantial. Um, so it is interesting that you're mentioning, um, kind of opening up this, this potential, uh, with worry bricks of having, you know, a lot of potential to fully explore this concept and, and, and uh, create something new and, and something specific to you. Um, what, what I'm really interested in, what I really like about Warrior Bricks um, as a concept is kind of the modularity of it. So I obviously recently just showed off joysticks, um, but there's the idea of being able to kind of edit almost what you're using to, to whatever you want, which I think is really interesting and which I think Warrior Bricks could really um, grow as a fidget or a skill toy. I don't know which you consider it. There's a lot of overlap between both of them. Um, but I think that's something that is really more so unique to Warrior Bricks as opposed to other things. Right. Yeah. The, the modularity is the key. It really is. Um, and that is a lesson that I learned very early from the great Matt Heimert from Around Square. Um, literally, I can chalk up just about everything that I've done I owe to Matt. I mean, really, he is he's the man. Um, I think... The modularity is cool because it's, and this is going to sound weird, but it reminds me of cavities a little bit. Um, I think, I wish that cavities were executed better. I think a lot of people do. I think like squids died with cavities just because of, and I'm not even sure what the ins and outs of that situation were. Um, I know that the... At least I've, I've heard, I can't know for sure, but I've heard that the production process for squids was just a nightmare. And um, that's, I haven't been in a position where there's, I've, before Word Bricks, I haven't had a product that's had that much demand. Um, and so I can't even imagine what that was like. But what my, my point was when you were saying, the, the modularity of it, I think cavities felt like such a natural progression of what we do. Um, the, the different shapes and things that you could incorporate. I mean, it, it almost, you know, with that modularity became, I mean, ex exactly like you said, it was just different styles could now cater to their needs with a different shape. And so that's what I'm trying to aim um, for with worry bricks, because what I'm, what I'm finding is that I've got, you know, the, the skills community is incredible. Um, they, they blend so very well. And 
what I'm finding is that, you know, and this is true for, for all of them. Um, cause you'll see these, you know, if you look up the hashtag EDC, you know, you'll see people's, you know, their collection of things that they just carry with them. And there's always, you know, like a knife and a pen and, you know, lately it's been, the beads have been working really great for, uh, for Matt and, um, I'd really like to have worry bricks in that lineup, but I think with the, the modularity, especially with the joysticks, um, I think what Matt was catering towards with his knuckle bones, which is what these are derived from, obviously. Um, I think he was catering towards the, the pen spinning community, um, uh, without launching a pen of his own, which I believe he has now. So definitely check that out. If anybody's interested in that, check out his pens, but, um, he was inviting in the pen spinners with a functionality that would be familiar to them at the same time as he was introducing just a new concept entirely. And so everybody could sort of join in on the fun with the sort of the pen spinners being the, the ones who had the, the upper hand. And so he had people in place who could start making tricks and being able to make tricks is the heart of launching a successful skill toy. If you don't have a good lineup of tricks ready, if you don't, if you're not, if you can't demonstrate how this toy functions and give people the stepping stones to start making their own things, it'll, it'll just never work. I mean, it's, it seems obvious, but I mean, there are, I mean, this is, this is how WH labs started. So this is an interesting story. Um, when I was working for Zing toys, um, Zing toys made thumb chucks and I was the sort of the poster boy of that brand for a little while. And my job was literally to come up with tricks for this toy. Um, and so. I had a handful of tricks that I had made or cause it is beggary. And so I had some tricks mm -hmm. there, but then I had also come up with some tricks that served the thumb chucks better than they would a regular set because the thumb chucks were in all fairness, a little hard to use. They were, I mean, the beads were ginormous and they were sticky. They were like rubber. And so the behind the scenes of the majority of those videos, I'm literally like chalking my hands so that the, the, they wouldn't stick to, it. I mean, it was just, it was ridiculous. But, um, around that time was when I made the very first set of worry bricks and I put it on my Instagram and it did, you know, as well as it could at that time, it did very well for the, the audience that I had, which was, you know, I don't, I don't have anything. I've only got, I had just passed 5,000 on my Instagram, which it was a big milestone for me, but in the grand scheme of Instagram pages, it's nothing huge, but I think I had maybe, you know, 2000 at the time, something like that. Mm -hmm. And so, um, again, I just saw, I saw some potential and I saw the, the interest in it, which is pretty easy to gauge. I think in all fairness, cause it's just, you know, when you have something that really works, you get messages about it, you get the comments, you get, you know, that's a lot of it is, is really it's not as intuitive as people think it is. I mean, it's, you can really mm -hmm. play the numbers game sometimes. Sometimes the engagement really is where you want to look. But, um, I got a call from the, my contact with Zing Toys 
And he said, dude, like the, the VP saw this and he, he wants it. Um, we want to license this product from you. We'll, we'll pay for the patent. We'll pay for everything. And you'll get royalties on each sale if you're willing to license us this product. And I, I, I still remember, I mean, I was 16 and I'm sitting in my grandparents' kitchen and I'm just, I'm losing my mind. Like just absolutely going nuts. I don't think I've, I haven't freaked out that much since the, the very first time I was on Best Cardist Alive. That was another time I freaked out because I had wanted to be on VCA for as long as VCA had been around. And it took me a very long time to do it in all fairness. But, uh, dude, the, they, um, they decided that the, the design as it was then was literally just, I mean, it was just, I had no, you know, I had no access to a 3d printer at the time. I didn't, I still don't really have that much 3d modeling um, experience. And so it was literally just a, a pen spinning blank of wood and with my drill press, I would drill out a little cavity and just put the magnet in there and just glue it. And so, you know, they, they took one look at that and they're like, okay, well, we can't patent this. <laughs> this is, this is way too sent like that. We can't, this is not going to be able to be protected legally. And so they ditched it, but before they ditched it, um, they made me take down every ounce of content that I had for this toy. And so worry bricks was wiped off the face of the planet, um, for nothing. And that was definitely a morale <laughs> killer. Um, mm -hmm. it was, it was a bit of a, a bit of a rug pull, you know what I mean? And, um, it, uh, it took me a while to, to get the motivation and cause it, at that point, I mean, I just, I really had to trust that this is something that could work. Um, cause it had been years since I had posted with them, I had no idea how people would react. Um, but there was just, I guess there was just something in me that believed <laughs> as quite as stupid as that sounds. But, um, so then obviously, you know, um, black Friday of 2020, um, will and I print, um, a handful of, of bricks and they, you know, they sell, well, we only sold maybe 10 sets. Um, and then it took us until September of the next year to do them again. And now we finally, you know, I've got the ball rolling with a couple other manufacturers and things to keep, you know, inventory stocked up. And we're still, I don't know, I'm still kind of, um, working on the production pass process to make everything faster. Cause I still have to assemble all of these myself. Um, and this black Friday, um, this order from the manufacturers for 2,500 pieces. And so it's getting to the point where like, I am not going to be able to work my restaurant job anymore. I mean, it's, it's getting, it's getting serious. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about that, but it's just, it, it feels, feels fake. I don't, I don't believe any of it for one second. I think I'm going to wake up any minute and it will all be over. So, um, but, uh, yeah, so I'm just, uh, incredibly thankful for everything that's been happening so far.
Mm -hmm. It's, I mean, any new thing or new products is going to be really hard to, you know, gauge like how the interest will hold over time and everything. And, um, I mean, first off, congratulations for putting in as much effort as you have been with manually creating pretty much every one up to this point. Um, I know I've ordered some and I'm excited to, to get them in the mail eventually here soon, hopefully. Um, yeah. but I'm sure it's very exciting, but also kind of scary with having something so, um, successful, I guess, in a way, um, just not knowing, having the uncertainty of whether it will stay that way, whether it will continue. Um, it's always a difficult thing to do. I think when you, one thing I want to come back to that you mentioned is it's, it's pretty easy to know, um, when the audience is reacts good to something. And I, that's something I think is, is very, um, true from what I've experienced. Like you said, with the tutorials, that's, those are the things that seem to do well on your channel because everybody's always looking for tutorials. Um, I think tutorials is if you want to get a lot of followers, um, for cardistry on YouTube tutorials is like the way to do it. Um, there's things like for me, podcast, I am pretty well aware that, um, my type of podcast videos, like in the grand scheme of cardistry videos, aren't going to get that many views. And I've accepted that as, as, uh, yeah. as something I acknowledge. Yeah. Um, when I go to create these, I make these because I really enjoy talking to people. And if other people can gain value out of that, like fantastic. Um, yeah. but my focus isn't necessarily getting a ton of views. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's, people tend to overthink when they have something good, you know, if yeah. the reaction is there, then the reaction is there. Right. Um, one question that I do have for you, this is kind of going, veering way off topic, um, but it's something I always like to talk about on the podcast is just, um, we've kind of talked about making products, but, uh, the kind of main focus of this show is kind of exploring, um, how do you create moves that are interesting or new? So, uh, for you, um, is there any process or any way you go about making cartridge moves or is it just kind of random? Is there any, any kind of plan to the, to the thing? Right. Um, I think I would love to answer this as a marketer and just say, I would like, I pretend that I make moves where I see the need for a move, but, um, no, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not good enough to do that. Unfortunately, <laughs> there are some people who literally, I mean, they can, you know, they, there are some people who are just, just fountains, just wellsprings of, of new ideas. And it just comes very naturally to them. And, um, I think those are the people who are introducing the new ideas, the new concepts, I think you could pinpoint just about every year who that person was, who influenced, you know, the rest of the year, maybe a couple of people, but, um, like I said, I'm not one of those people. And when I'm making a move, I'm going almost entirely out of how it feels in my hand. And cause I really, I'm a bit pampered. I'm a bit spoiled. I don't like making moves that really hurt. Um, mm -hmm. I don't like making moves that are too challenging. Um, which has kind of worked out well for me. I've got, I've definitely got a, a couple of moves that I've really just sort of gritted my teeth and got the mechanics smooth because I really believed in it. But on the other hand, if I can make a move, that's pretty good. 
and that's all it has to be is pretty good, then there are people out there who will, I mean, there's, there's people out there who want to learn everything, but if it's easier to learn and easier to do, then all the better. Um, because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I am always looking to grow and I'm always looking to kill as many birds with as few stones as possible. Um, and so that's not entirely a conscious thing that I'm doing, but I think in the long run, it definitely has helped me a lot that I've got moves that aren't too crazy. Um, I think that's a way of, that's also just a way of me talking up my shortcomings. Cause I, <laughs> I wish so desperately that I had moves that were crazier than I do, but you know, there's, there's benefits to, to, to making, you know, comfy moves. And, um, I think it starts with how it feels. And once I've decided that I'm comfortable with it, then I show it to Will and Will will instantly tell me that it's horrible. And so that's where the, um, that's where the sort of the chop shop comes in and it's like, okay, well, you know, this, you know, I, sh I wouldn't do that there. I would probably take, you know, the six of diamonds, do this there. And I think a lot of people have this sort of process when they're collaborating with someone and sort of trying to work out a move and, um, but it's, it's funny because I don't really, I don't show my moves to anyone really. Will is the only one that, that sees my moves. And I think sometimes it's a bit of a skewed viewpoint because Will is never satisfied with anything in life ever. That's why he's just <laughs> such a beautiful person. But um, it's also, it's also made me second guess myself sometimes when in reality, the, the move is actually done, the move's good. Um, one of the, one of those instances was when, um, and this wasn't, um, this was actually me who was saying that it wasn't finished when indeed it was, I don't think Will was crazy about it in all fairness, but, um, I remember the move in question is my move Kong, which I don't expect anybody to be able to recognize it just from that, but it's, it's the, my only other cut that's got on BCA. It's a three packet cut and the closer, um, is very simple and it happens pretty soon into the move. And for those reasons, I felt like it wasn't finished and it ended up being one of, you know, one of my more popular moves. So, um, I think at the end of the day, if I were to give advice on making moves, you know, from my perspective, again, it's just, it's how comfortable is it? How, what am I willing to put down to make this move happen? in terms of risk and reward. Cause I also just don't, I'm in a position now where if this, if this move is going to take three months to finish, I don't have three months worth of time now. Um, and I also just, I don't have, I don't have a, a deck of cards to promote. I don't have a solo video deadline coming up. You know, I do have, I've got time, but I don't have time, which is <laughs> the, the, a perfect spot to be in because it, it makes you assess, you know, how, how much you're willing to work to get something that's really cool. So when you find something where you're like, I don't care how long this takes me, I'm going to get this down. Cause this is it. Like, you know what I mean? You ever have that feeling when it's just like, this is it right here. So, um, I feel like when you're put into that, that position and you find something that makes you feel that way, then you can trust it more.
Mm-hmm. And that's something too that I mean I've experienced. Like, is this is pursuing this move worth my time, or pursuing creating moves worth my time at this moment? Um, I mean, just in general, as people get older, you get more responsibilities often, and it, a lot of times you have less time to focus on you know playing cards. But it does kind of, like you said, it narrows your kind of field of vision. So when you do find something that's good, you're like, okay, I know now that this is something I need to focus on. This is something I need to put my attention on because it's worth the, the time and the effort. Which, uh, when you're brand new into cardistry or have endless amounts of time, that's not always completely clear what you should be, what is the best thing to focus on. That's something you kind of have to gain as you get those time restraints or get the just knowledge of what what is good and what isn't. Um, coming back to what you said about, you know, a lot of creativity coming out of like a well of, of one person, oftentimes it affects the entire community. I think that's something obviously we see a lot of like with Tobias and Noel and a lot of, um, Nick, 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 Nick Italis, however you, I can't say his name, but, uh, who, who just won Fontaine cards. I think we're going to see a lot of stuff similar to what he's done is something that I, I definitely seeing as, as a trend that's happened over time. I think too. Um, when you're creating move, you have to analyze kind of what your purpose is. Is is it to kind of change the community or add something to the community? Or is it maybe just a comfy cup for yourself? Um, so, like, for me, recently, last week, I talked to Matthew Bedouin, um, and I've talked to Elliot Slevin recently, too. And Two of the, the of, best of minds to ever do it. I mean, seriously, <laughs> what I couldn't imagine, imagine better company than those two. Yeah. So just complete brain thinkers, but they're to the point now where they, they focus almost completely on comfy cuts. Um, mm. because they're, they, they're not as worried about making an impact on the community because they've either already done it or it's just not their focus. So when creating moves, I think what's super important too, and what, uh, is like, why are you creating? Cause I think a lot of times people just get in the mind frame that, oh, I'm creating to impact the community. Cause that's what almost everybody is trying to do is is to make an impact to, you know, leave your mark on cardistry. And that doesn't exactly. always have exactly. to be the case. Right. Um, that's, I feel like that's, it's a, that's a bit of the, to me, that's almost the default setting. That seems, it seems like, like, um, I don't know what it is about, about skill toys or, you know, any sort of dexterity based practice that, that we do. Um, it's like, that's kind of what I was, what I was saying about, about the, the worry bricks is that, that need to sort of, to make an impact. Cause it feels like whenever you, whenever you're sort of ushered into a new community, you, you are instantly met with the, you know, I mean, it, no matter where you go like that. So when I was first, introduced to cardistry and one of the first places that I found community for cardistry was Reddit, oddly enough. Um, and you know, but it doesn't have to be Reddit. It could be anywhere. It could be, you know, YouTube could be any sort of, you know, discord is big now. Um, Mm -hmm. but when you're introduced, you're instantly met with, okay, here are the legends here, everything they've done on the, I mean, on the tutorial page, like on the, if there's like an info page, like, okay, start here. It's always, you'll, you'll see, you know, these, these classic moves that everybody feels like you should learn first. 
and I feel like I was, I was kind of given that experience a little bit with, with beggary. Um, and I hope I don't sound, you know, arrogant or whatever, but like the, the, the move that I taught early on, they're nothing compared to the moves now, as many of the classics and cardistry are, I mean, you know, the Charlier cut or the revolution cut, all of the basics. I mean, they're, they're dead simple. And that's, you know, that's what I was doing with, with Begler. I was just lucky enough to be there when it started, but now, you know, those, those very simple moves, I mean, they're in the, you know, if you go to around squares, most viewed videos, they're all up there or, you know, even on my, my own page where it's a cardistry based thing when Beglary sort of blew up after the thumb chucks thing, all of those dead simple moves are there. And so what I'm, what I'd really like to do with the bricks is, is firstly get a, a community founded, get everybody familiar with each other. And then I want to, I want to offer that for, I want to offer that experience for people. I want people to be able to come in and, and contribute and, you know, leave something that really lasts, like, especially like, just because it's a, it's a toy thing, you know, a lot of, most of the demographic is, is 13 to 17 or 18 to 20. And so it's, you know, it's kids who will, who will grow up. And the other thing about being this age, um, you know, all your friends start to have kids and whatnot. And so, um, it sounds silly, but like, you know, imagine how many, how many cardistry dads there's about to be and how many little <laughs> children are going to be practicing like little, you know, cardistry things. And so, um, I think we're in a very interesting and exciting time. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely very interesting. Like as we're getting older of an art form that we're going to start having, you know, people have kids that maybe the parents try to get them into cardistry or Buglary or whatever it is. It's, it's really interesting thing you don't think about. I know something I've been thinking about recently is like, how would potentially cardistry affect like elderly? Like if people continue to try to do it when they're older, would it potentially help with arthritis or would it make it worse? Things like that. There's a lot of things that we just don't know about the hobby because it hasn't been around long enough. Um, so that's, that's kind of an exciting thing to look at. One thing I want to come back to is like, like you said there, um, for the cardistry community, there's almost like this, the default setting is like make an impact or like make something that's going to impact the community. And I don't know that that's the best mindset to be in. I think it's very unhealthy a lot of times to have that expectation on yourself. Um, when cardistry first started for it, it was pretty much all about having fun or <laughs> like trying out this yeah. new thing. I think right now there's a huge focus on like impact, trying to make something new, which I don't necessarily think is the healthiest. But one thing I do want to point out is that for people listening or watching is that there's more ways to Im make impacts outside of just making moves or making cardistry. I mean, just in general, there's so many facets of cardistry that's missing if you compare it to other activities. So um, like soccer, for example, is one I always think about because it's what I have a close relationship with. But like there's no people have dabbled in this stuff, but no, no one's been consistent with like new shows or, 
um, things like that. Like there's plenty of ways to impact the community outside of just creating moves. And that's kind of something I'm trying to do with the podcast right now. Um, so that's just something I want to mention real quick to, to the people listening. I agree. Um, it's good advice is you don't always have to go down the path that pretty much everybody's trying to go down right now for cardistry. Um, and yeah, you can even make your own community. Apparently is <laughs> an option oh, yeah. <laughs> Weston's trying to prove yeah. right now. Um, is you can even, you know, make your own community, but, um, that's just something I wanted to mention. And I think it's really exciting to see. Um, I think people really are gravitating toward, to what you're doing. And I mean, I, I see you post on your story and I see it in, you know, some of my car street friends posting who have gotten worry bricks, um, you know, videos of moves they've created or things that they've learned. Um, so I think it's, it'll be exciting to see how it grows in the future. Yeah, me too. I mean, I, um, I think I can, I can admit this. Uh, so I, I sent a, a set of worry bricks to the Fontaine store. Um, when the, the first ones came out that I was really happy with, and these were the, um, the white and black ones, the way that they felt, I felt like this was, you know, this was a winning product here. And I sent them there because for, and I don't know why to this day, but I'm eternally grateful for it. Even though, you know, I'm certain that maybe only two people have stopped to look at it. There's a set of the original bricks, um, the wooden ones that I used to carve myself, like in the Fontaine store, at least they were. Um, I don't know if they're still there. Obviously, I don't, you know, if I was, if I, dude, if I lived in Los Angeles, I would be there <laughs> every day. Uh, but uh, when I, I saw that one time, those are, those are Will's bricks, by the way. He'll be very mad if I don't mention that. Those were his um, that he brought to Los Angeles. That's how me and Will met was he bought a set of the, with the wooden bricks from me back in the day. And, um, and he, he gave them to Zach and Zach thought they were cool and whatnot. Um, but, and I'm not, clout chasing or anything like that. That's just, that's, that's part of the story. Okay. But, um, mm -hmm. but you know, like you were saying, your like your card friends and stuff, put it on their store like that. You don't understand how, I mean, how that feels. Um, because I have put so much into getting this project to where it's at. Um, the, the put like the personal possessions that I've sold, the, uh, the living arrangements that I'm currently in just to save money. I mean, I've done literally everything that I could. There's nothing more in the world that I wanted, um, than for this to happen. That's happening right now. So, um, but the thing that, the thing that interests me about bricks and cards, I'm wondering how all of these different communities will use the same toy. Just, just the base model, just this one here. Cause I think obviously similar to how knuckle bones really took off with the pen spinning community for Matt, I think the joysticks will do a similar thing. I think we'll get a lot more pen guys, but for this one here, it's super interesting to see how a card guy uses these versus how a Kendama player might use them. Um, and sort of all the in-between, like the thing that I've really enjoyed with these and what I think has transferred really well was doing three bricks in one hand and figuring out new sort of 
I guess you could call them moves. It's it's a bit of like a loop, because um, you 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 want them to come back around to the starting point almost. Um, but it reminds me so much of making a one-handed cut. It's like I can feel all the little like wires in my brain, those same wires like firing when I go to make a move um, mm -hmm. with these sometimes. And so I'm really interested to see how you know, what the card guys are going to bring to the table, how they're going to, you know, represent. That's going to be really fun for me to see. Yeah. I mean, it will be really interesting to see how the different um, communities, you know, transfer what they know to, to the Worry Bricks. I think that will be really interesting. Like you said, Kendama and pin spinners and cardists and I'm sure jugglers, stuff like that, what they could put. Ooh, juggling would be sweet. Side oh. note. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, what they could potentially bring to the table. And I think you know, that excitement of creation is, is really what's going to draw a lot of people to Worry Breaks. And I think why people are getting drawn to it is the excitement of um, there's just so many potential options. Uh, and I think, like I said, some of that's from the modularity, but there's so many potential um, combinations you can do. Even the fact that you can like control how many, like I've seen people doing stuff with four bricks and, uh, or yeah, four bricks, and, and I'm sure that will potentially get to even more for some people. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like you said, where these, these things lead. At the end of the show, I do with this thing that I call uh, rolling out the close-up pad, just kind of releasing it, relating it to magic. That's basically just my fancy way of saying, is there any last thing that you would like to promote or any last nugget you would like to leave the audience with before we wrap things up? No, not particularly. I think, I think I've, I've talked plenty about the things that I'm doing. I would just like to say thank you for having me um, because I, you're the only other person other than I have talked to Parker recently and I'll hop into Linus's live stream every once in a while. But other than Will, I haven't really got to talk about cards lately. So this has been, been a real treat to get a, get a break from all the stuff I've been doing. So thanks, man. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you again for your time um, and taking your time to talk about cards and Warrior Bricks and everything you've been doing. I think it's it's definitely starting to have an impact on the community. So I appreciate you uh, taking your time. Like always, I'll have links to Weston's stuff in the, the YouTube description if you want to check out his stuff. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Um, thank you, everybody, for taking your time to listen all the way to the end here, if you have. Um, I hope you learned something, hopefully had a little bit of fun. I know I had a lot of fun, so um, it was a pleasure, and uh, we will we'll see you guys, hopefully. I'll see you guys again soon. Um, maybe we'll get Weston back on some point. <laughs> Thank you. We'll, we'll see you guys later.